Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, uh, this, this, this month we, we're, we're doing a new theme on freedom, and, um, and I want to share a message that's been running around with me for, for, for a couple of weeks now, I'd say, and, 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 it's, and it's not a complicated message, and it's not a long message. It's a pretty simple message, but I felt that I just had to share it tonight, and I hope you guys are blessed by it, but I really enjoyed Pastor Garth this morning. Pastor Garth... He, he really shared this beautiful message this morning, Pastor G, and um, beautiful message, and, and, and it challenged me, and it made me think about a few things, and so thank you, Pastor Garth, and I didn't know that you, you hooked up these two. I didn't know that you were the, I don't know that you're the, like, the relationship man. You should start a website called G Harmony or something. <laughs> G Harmony with Pastor Garth. Uh, you should do it. You should do it. G Harmony. <laughs> Anybody single? Gianni. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a dad joke. I'm allowed to now. I'm allowed to now. Now, um, I'd just like to welcome our guests. Welcome from all the way from Sydney. Drove two hours to be here. And, I, 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 and, and the ladies at the back, I, I went around and met you. I've forgotten your names. I'm sorry. I'm terrible like that. And, and um, I didn't get your name. Yeah, what's, your, what's your name, big guy? Micah? What a cool name. Micah. Micah, and um, I just met you for the first time, Tom. So um, welcome back. I believe you've, you've been here many times before. You're a bit of an elder in this church back in the day, and, and I'd just like to welcome you back into the house, mate. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to, good to have you here. It is, it is a good place. It's a good place. Now, um, so we're talking about freedom, and, and uh, thank you guys for being here when the, when the NFL Grand Final's on. And I know you know NFL, NRL. <laughs> oh no, I'll never live that one down. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's grand final night and you guys made the choice to be here and that's fantastic that, that your priorities are you know, in the right place. I, I dig that kind of thing. But um, let's rock and roll. Like I said, it's not going to be long, but I'm, I might move into some ministry later on. So um, if you'd like to turn to your Bibles, please, in uh, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And uh, this, is, this is the main scripture about what I'm going to be talking about. And uh, it doesn't sound like I'm talking about freedom at the start, but I'll get there. But I'll get there. And let me just read this out to you. I'm going to read the New King James Version first. It says this. It says, Beloved, it says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everyone say all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. The King James Version says this. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. I, I, I like the old school language. It's, it's just, uh, all, this, all this NLT stuff is a bit lovey stuff for me, you know. I, I like the old school, that kind of deal. But I like the fact that it says, above all things, I pray that you may prosper. Isn't that beautiful? That above all things, Marty, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health. 
Isn't that lovely? And I just want to personalize that because sometimes we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he actually, he's talking about you, Sarah. Above all things, above all things, I pray that you may prosper and be in health. That be- it's, be- it's a beautiful thing. Above all things, Ryan, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health. Above all, all things, just, you know, above all things, above everything, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? But here's, here's the deal. Here's the key. I'm going to share with you tonight the key to actually getting there. I'm going to share you the, the simple key of prospering in all things. And um, are you ready? Are you ready for that? And it's right here. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Here it is. Just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. It says in the King James Version, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So what he's saying is, I want you to prosper, right, even as your soul prospers. Now, even is a mathematical word, which means equal to, even, you know, when something's even, equal to, so I'll I'll read it again. I wish above all things that they may prosper and be in health, even to thy soul prospers. I'll read it again in the other one. Just as your soul prospers, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Are you with me? So he's making this, this statement that, that I, would, I wish that you may prosper in all things, but it's at the same level that your soul prospers. Okay, what is your soul? Um, there's... there's you know, I had a bit of a study on it and it almost blew my mind what the soul was. It's so complicated, it's not funny. But um, the soul, you know, I'd like to say, uh, just a simple version for me, the soul is, is your emotions, it's your thinking, and for me personally, it, it's, it's, it's your speech or your will or your heart, all that kind of stuff. That's what your soul is. And I love this thing, it really rocked my world. Just as your soul prospers, I wish that you may prosper. Now, I've noticed in life, that this little equation is true. Um, there are times when this equation's out of whack, but it always levels itself out. What it's saying is the level of prosperity of your soul, your emotions, your thinking will actually determine the level of prosperity in all the other things in your life. Are you with me? All right. Now, have you seen somebody in no offense, in Mount Druitt or Blacktown or whatever, have you seen it on, on news when they win lotto? Have you seen oh, this couple that you know been struggling all their lives and they win lotto and 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 um and, and, and it's an amazing thing. So we've got this couple, you know, and let's just say their soul's not that pros you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. But all of a sudden they get prospered. Are you with me? All of a sudden they get prospered up here. And then you find a couple of years later that we that this money is actually gone and it's actually gone back down to the level that they're at. Because they don't have the skills, the emotions, the thinking to actually cater for the amount of prosperity that they got. The prosperity that they got, and I'm not just talking about finances, I'm talking about prosperity in relationships, I'm talking about prosperity in, in your work life, and everything in your world, it always matches to the level of your prosperity in, in, your, in your personal soul world, right? Personal soul world. And I've seen this time and time again. I've seen it on the other way around. Have you got anyone know, know somebody that always lands on their feet? You know those people that really, really get you? They're like, oh my gosh. 
You know, they can do the craziest thing, but they always land on their feet. And that's generally the people who've got really good emotional, you know, great healthy thinking, great identity going on. Doesn't matter what happened on this side, this is their soul, it's prospering. Doesn't matter what happens on this side, eventually it matches it. Are you with me? Are you with me? So, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things equal to how your soul prospers. Equal to how your soul prospers. Now I've got a story about my brother. My brother's a, he's a cool little Kiwi Mary boy, you know. Hey, because you know, he's like this and, you know, you know, he's, he's a bit bigger than me and, he, you know, he's got the big shoulders and all this kind of stuff. But my brother's always been the kind of guy, and I love, he's my brother. I hope he's not listening tonight, but um, I, I love him to death, but he's always been the kind of guy that every single week he's got no money. You, you know that kind of person? Every single week he's got no money. He, uh, he struggles with admin. He struggles with being organized. He struggles with basically his soul life. His soul life is a little bit out of whack. And I was speaking to him just the other day. I said, bro, I'm like, what's going on? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Got any money, bro? I said, oh, what's the story? He goes, oh, yeah, but bit tight this week, bit tight this week. I said, I said aren't, you, aren't you like earning like heaps of money at the moment? He goes, yeah, yeah, I am. I said, well, where's it all gone? He goes, I don't know. I don't know, bro. So I've got my brother who's got the soul life that's down here. Are you with me? Beautiful man, beautiful, all this kind of stuff. And then he goes on and tells me, he says, yeah, I should have heaps of money. Last year I earned about, oh, I don't know, $175,000. $175,000. I almost slapped him. <laughs> I said, $175,000 and you got no money. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know where it goes. And it really made apparent to me this, this whole deal of where your soul's at is the level of your prosperity. And it'll never, ever go past it. So I got to thinking about how is your soul? How is your soul? And I'm saying this from a, because I love you. I'm saying this because I want you to prosper. So how is your soul? How's your emotional life? How's your thinking? How's your, how's your self-identity? How's it all going? How's it all going? Because, well, I could, we could almost tell by just looking at everything else in your life because it'll be equal to that. You, get, you, get a, you know what I'm saying? But tonight, I just want to quickly talk about um, a bit about how your soul can prosper because it's so important. We don't talk about it. We're going to talk about how your soul prospers. Talk about your soul prospers. But I love this, and this really, this really, really shook me. Um, where am I? Oh, right here. The level of prosperity in your world is equal to the level of prosperity, is equal to the level your soul's prospers. And, um, you know, I've got to say, when I think of this thing, I think of Andrew Flaxman. There you go, yeah. I love Andrew. Everything's cool. Nothing's a drama. I don't think I've ever seen him stressed. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a guy with a really, really healthy self-esteem, good identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah no worries, mate. It's all, he's always smiling. He's always speaking the best about somebody. Mate, you're great. You're awesome, mate. He's cool. <laughs> he's got that little laugh that he does, that cheeky little smile. I can't do it. But honestly, I think, when I think of, I think of Andrew Flaxman, I do. Because here, here's a guy that, that's just, he's not... He's just himself. He's casual. He knows who he is. He goes, but, but we look at his, at his, his other world and, and, he, and he prospers. And he prospers. And, and, and quite, kind, of, kind of inspired him, uh, me to actually talk about this kind of stuff. So tonight, 
I want to uh, talk about three things. Your emotions. Uh, I want to talk about your, your, your speech, what comes out of your mouth. And I want to talk about your thinking. And, and it's, going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a hard message to preach because we're all so different. And my emotional world is different to Alana's emotional world. And Alana's emotional world. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just share a little bit about my journey and how I've come through this whole thing, how, how God has made my soul prosper. And because He's done that, my life has prospered. Is that cool? So the first thing is your emotions. We all have them. We all have emotions, believe it or not. Uh, women like to verbalize their emotions a little bit more than men. Men like to internalize their emotions. They don't want to talk about stuff. They just, they internalize that kind of thing. And um, I, I love having a wife now who, who, who verbalizes every emotion that there is. Let's talk about that. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. But emotions, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And emotions are, are feelings or, or uh, they're feelings based or caused by either pain or pleasure. That's what your emotions are. They're feelings caused by either pain or pleasure. And the Bible says that we must not be ruled by our emotions. The Bible says very clearly, don't be ruled by your emotions. In fact, it says you should rule over your own emotions. He says you've got to take control of your own emotions. We know that, that um, we are emotional beings and sometimes, uh, oh, I don't want to say, sometimes our emotions are, take you on a little bit of a roller coaster ride. They really do. One day you're up, one day you're down. Next day you're up, next day you think you're a little bit bipolar. So the Bible says, do not, do not, do not be, you know, he says, I want you to over, I want you to overrule your emotions. And, um, and the battle that, when I was a young Christian, the battle, my battle in the emotional world when I became a Christian was anger. I was an angry little critter. So my battle was anger when I became a Christian. And I found that, that I'd, uh, I'd get angry very easily. I had a trigger like that. I'd, I'd go from Mr. Calm to Mr. Jekyll in, like in a second. In a second, I would turn into this little crazy Tasmanian devil. And, um, and I found that, that uh, as a Christian, I came in there and, 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 and I read these scriptures about getting control of your emotions. I read these scriptures about, hey, you know, you've got to get control of these emotions. So, so one day I was reading my Bible. I was about... I can honestly remember this. I was, I was about probably six weeks a Christian. And, um, and this scripture come to me. And it's in Proverbs 19, verse 11. And it says this, The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook an offense. So I remember reading that. His glory is to overlook an offense. So as a young Christian who had my emotional world out of whack, it was crazy. I would, oh, yeah, I was, I was, let's not go there. But my, my anger was just out of, out of whack. My emotional world was just out of tilt. There was all these other things going on. But I got this one piece of scripture and it said, it's to my glory to overlook an offense. And so I used to work on building sites and guys, I don't know if you've worked with Italians or Portuguese or whatever, but they talk with their hands and they're very, that's how they talk to you which is very unusual for New Zealanders because New Zealanders talk with eyebrows and shrugs. <laughs> and so I, I rock up to these building sites and these guys talk, they're, yell, they're yelling at each other and I'm thinking, man, it's on. These guys, but, but that's just the way they talk to each other. They walk off and, you know, they walk up. And, and, and so, so I got this piece of scripture and, and, and I'd, I was only a young, guy, young Christian, but I knew that my emotional world was out of whack. 
I knew it was wrong. I knew that I had some emotional things that I had to deal with. And I got the scripture and I'd repeat to myself. These guys would yell at me. I was only a young kid, brand new from New Zealand. I didn't understand what they're talking, some language, Australian or something. But they, and they'd yell at me and they'd do these kind of things. And I was reciting my mind. It's the glory of a man to overlook an offense. And I'd smile and do whatever they got to do. And I'd go to the building so the next day and the same thing will happen and, and I'd smile and I'd do what they got to do. And eventually what happened is, 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 is my anger started to, start to fade and I become a lot more gracious and I get, become a lot more patient. And I found that all of a sudden I became a lot more stable in my emotions. I wasn't doing this, you know, and, and, and young, I've got to say young girls, young teenagers, oh my goodness. Listen to me. Get a hold of your emotions. Young teenagers, oh my gosh. Today she's my friend. Tomorrow she's, ah. She's my best friend again. Tomorrow she's, ah. And I found that, 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 that when, I, when I got this word and I got this thing, I studied it and I read it and I repeated it over and over again that I, all of a sudden I became a stable man in my emotional world. All of a sudden I, I, got, I got a bit of substance in me. I wasn't this flaky guy who was going off the hook. And I, I, don't, I don't know what your emotional struggle is, and I don't know what your emotional deal is. It may be, uh, you may be quick to anger. You may be one of those guys who, who like me, just ah, and went off the cuff at anything. You may be judgmental. Anyone here? I, I was a little judgmental. You know, you may be judgmental where you find it really hard to, to just be gracious to people. You may be critical. You might just find this thing where you've got this critical your emotional world, you're always judging someone, you're always looking someone sideways, you're always doing these kind of things. Maybe your emotional world is, 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 is you know, when, when you get around the opposite sex and, and, and your emotions take over and, you, and you, can't, you can't handle the situation, you do things that you shouldn't do, you know what I mean? Maybe your emotions have got you that way. Maybe your emotions, uh, you know, cause you to, to, to look at things that you shouldn't be looking at, you know, men, and, 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 and it causes you to, you know, all your emotions, you know, the beautiful thing about it is that Jesus wants to free us from all of that. The beautiful thing is that Jesus wants to bring freedom into your emotional world. He wants to set you free from all those things. Set you free from every single one of them. And I love it. I love it because it's made me a better man because somewhere along the line, someone encouraged me in reading the Word of God, read Proverbs, do this, and my life has changed because I've got a hold of my emotions. Amen? Right, next one. Told you I'm not going to be long. Next one is, um, next one, next minute. Next one is, um, is watch what you say, watch your language. Um, as a construction worker, coming to a Christian, my language wasn't crash hot. I, was, uh, I found coming from New Zealand from a, you know, a pretty tough background that I had a quite a harsh tongue. I'd say things very gruff and I'd say, the, and I was very matter of fact in the way I spoke. And, um, and, uh, I found that, one, that I found that after going to church for a little bit, that, that somewhere along the line, I had to take responsibility for the words that came out of my mouth. I had to take responsibility for the words that came out of my mouth because we know that the Bible says that the, that the tongue, life and death is in the tongue, yeah? We know that the Bible says also in Proverbs that, that the tongue is like a rudder on a ship. It steers you to where you want to go. This little thing, this little thing called your tongue actually steers your life in the direction it's going to go. So I read these things in Proverbs. And Proverbs was my favorite book for probably about two years. It's all I read, Proverbs and uh, James, I think it was. 
Proverbs, and, I, and so I read this thing, and I thought, oh man, I've got to get, take responsibility about the words that come out of my mouth. And, um, and I shared this the other morning, but I just want to repeat it. Is you know, sometimes we don't know. We don't know how powerful the word is. We forget uh, to take control of what comes out of our mouth, and we're, and we're a little bit all over the place. And, and God showed me one time that, that, that I, I was taking his name in vain. He showed me very clearly, right? You're, 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 you're taking my name in vain. Well, say, how, God? How, how am I taking your name in vain? I don't swear, you know, I don't cuss the name of Jesus. I don't do all that kind of stuff. And he says, no, not that name. He says, the other name. I said, well, what name is it? Is it, is it like Jehovah Jireh? You're Jehovah Jireh, you know, I don't. Can, can you throw up my water, please, Garthy? Um, maybe it's Jehovah Jireh, you know, am I taking this? No, 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 no. Because if you read your Bible, Abraham actually called the place, I will call this place Jehovah Jireh. He says, the place where God provide, where God, God will provide. His revelation was that in every situation, there's a new revelation of the character of God. So he actually named the place Jehovah Jireh. So I said, what name are you talking about, God? And he says, and he took me back to Exodus, when, 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 and he says, there's only one place in the Bible where he names himself. He says, God, who shall I, when Moses says, who shall I say sent me? And he says, tell them I am that I am. I'm like, cool, I am that I am. So he says, Ra, when you say I am sick, he says, you're taking my name in vain. He says, when you say I am poor, he says, you're taking my name in vain because you're using my name. You get what I'm saying? You are the reflection of me. You are my reflection. We reflect him. Are you with me? And I know that my God is not poor and he is not sick. So he says, stop doing that. Stop doing that. I am poor. He says, no, I am the great I am. The great I am. He says, stop doing that. So God says, that's why I tell people, that's why I say, let those who are weak say, I am strong. Yeah? Let those who are poor say, I am rich. And I found that my, the language, I, I had no idea, but I was here, I was speaking the Lord's name in vain every single, I am, I'm tired, I am son. So it changed the way I've, I've, I've used my, my words. And that's only a small example. There's been, like I had to stop swearing, I had to stop doing all sorts of things. But I found even that, I start to speak into my word. I start to change the way I spoke. I start to change the way words that come out of my mouth. Even, I want to say this to, to, to young adults and teenagers, even what you laugh at. Watch what you laugh at. Watch what you put on, on thing. Oh, that's so funny. And, and I've, I've found this, this trend where people are laughing at other people getting hurt all the time. What is it? Where's, where's the compassion in that? Every single thing that I saw on Facebook, I'll laugh out loud, check this out. It's always someone else getting hurt or someone else. And, I th- and personally, I think, why, why are we laughing at the misfortune of someone else all the time? Like, what does that say about us? Are you with me? It's a small thing, but, but it gets me. It's, God spoke to me about it. He says, no, no, no. Watch what you say. Watch what you laugh at. Watch what comes out of your mouth. And as I've taken scriptures up that have... Uh, that have been beneficial, I've started to speak some things out. And I've got to tell you, because I've done that, because I've taken control of my, my language, my other world has started to prosper. Amen. The last one is, is um, oh, where is it? 
is your thinking. Last one is your thinking. Now, as most of you guys will know, I, I, I joined the, the church with a pretty bad mindset. I had this unworthy, I felt I was unworthy to be used. I felt I was unworthy to be loved. So what my coping mechanism was to work for love. My coping mechanism was to perform for acceptance. Most of you guys know that kind of thing. But I remember reading this Bible, and this, this scripture actually set me free from that. This scripture set me free from this whole thing of, 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 of feeling like that I'm not enough. I had this thought. I had this thought, man, that you're, not, you're not good enough, right? I had this thinking, this terrible thinking, stinking thinking. Man, you're not good enough for that. What are you talking about? You can't. Oh, no way. And it's in 1 Corinthians 20, uh, 1 verse 26 to 31, and I'll read this out to you. I remember reading this and it blew me away. And I shared it with someone the other day, actually. It says this. Whoop, whoop, it's up there. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Isn't that a... <sighs> but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put shame to the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring nothing, sorry, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his own presence. I'll go down to the bottom. So that it is written, he who glorifies, let him glory in God. Now, that makes, does that make sense to you guys? I know it's in New King James and it's a bit hard for you NLT people, but basically, I read that scripture and I realized that with my, I had this mindset that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy enough, that I wasn't talented enough, I wasn't gifted enough. And after reading that scripture, I went, that's why he chose me. That's why he chose me. He chose me because I was weak. He chose me because I wasn't great. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? He chose me because I'm not the, 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 the beautiful things of this world. I'm the base thing. I always thought I was the base thing. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's why I chose you. He goes, that's right, yeah, yeah, that's why I chose you. I'm like, what? Yeah. He says, so that whenever you do something and my hand comes upon you, I get the glory. Isn't it amazing? I tell you what, the, the, the burden fell off me. Here's this young man trying to be a super Christian. Here's this young man trying to be good. I want to be good because I've got to be a good Christian. Here's this man trying to, trying to do all these things to fit in, trying to do all these things so that God may, may accept me and may use me. And he says, no, no, stop it. He says, I actually want you when you're weak. He says, I want you when you're you know, you get what I'm saying? I want you when you're poor. I want you when that kind of stuff. He says, so when you go and do these great things, he says, then I get the glory. And from that day on, I stopped striving. I stopped trying to be something I wasn't. In fact, I got comfortable in my weakness. I'll say that again. Some of you need to hear that. You got to get comfortable in your weakness. Accept it. I'm weak. Pfft, beautiful. God's going to do something crazy. Don't boast in yourself. 
Get comfortable in your weakness. Get comfortable in your inability. Stop trying to be, I'm all this. No, no, no. So in fact, be the opposite. Be humble, Sam. I'm weak. I can't do this. But I trust God that He will move through me nonetheless. Amen. And I'm telling you, when, when that, my whole thinking world shifted when I got that revelation. What? 20 minutes. So the conclusion is this. In order for your soul to prosper, I believe two things have to happen. One, you've got to get into the Word. One, you've got to get into the Word. The Word of God, this thing here, can't be on over there. It's got to be, it's got to get into you. This thing has got to get into you. I've heard young people come up to me, say, rah, this Christian thing, I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. I said, why? I said, it doesn't work for me. What do you mean it doesn't work for you? Well, I don't get blessed like you say. I don't, da, da, da. I don't, da, da. I don't hear this. I don't, it doesn't work for me. And I said, well, I've found something. I've found a little beautiful secret that this thing must do a work in me before it does a work for me. This thing's got to do a work in me. You've got to get this thing in you. You've got to get this word in you. You know what I mean? Shift your soul. Shift your thinking. Shift your emotions. Shift your language. You've got to get this thing in you to let it work for you. It can't be this outside thing. Go, go to work. No, it's got to, be, it's got to, be, it's got to come out from you. Are you with me? It's got to come out from you. So the first thing is you've got to read the Word of God. The Word of God will shift your soul. It'll grow your soul. I'll tell you what, when you get the Word of God and your soul does this, and this, the prosperity follows, that's a beautiful thing. So Jesus says, if you abide in me and my Word abides in you, you can ask for anything and it will be done for you. Are you with me? If, if you abide in me and my Word abides in you, this side starts to go up. He says, then you can ask for anything and it will be done for you. You've got to get the word on the inside of you. Secondly, I think, and this is something that we don't often do these days, you've actually got to get underneath somebody. You've actually got to submit yourself underneath some leadership. Join a community of people and let someone speak into your life. Join a community, join a connect group and let someone speak into your life. I'll have you know this message here that you just heard tonight has, become, has, has come because Pastor Garth has run a connect group that I've attended and he's been talking about personal growth. Okay, so I'm talking about personal, I'm thinking about personal growth and this message comes up. You're hearing all of this because I was, I'm submitted to somebody else. I'm underneath the mentor, I'm underneath the leadership of somebody else. You need somebody to speak into your world. They will encourage you, they will correct you, but ultimately they will help you along the way of, of becoming healthy in your soul. Get, get into a connect group. If you're not in a connect group, you've got to get in one. Not because, mate, first of all, you get free cups of teas and biscuits and all that kind of stuff. Mate, just turn up for that. Secondly, you, you get around a great bunch of people. Now, this church is full of good people. Good people, quality people. You surround yourself with quality people and they speak into your life. And it's, and it's good stuff. It's positive. It's not, we don't tear you down. We lift you up. Say, so, hey, you can do these things. I'm telling you what, if you read your Bible, if you get around, if you get in community, your soul will prosper. And when your soul prospers, your life will prosper. Amen? Okay. That's mine. We 
hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's